breaking news from The Athletic. Hey everybody, Scott Burnside with The Athletic here for some more breaking news. And uh, joining me, Mike Russo. Mike, a little, I, you know... It's a, it's exciting, right? I mean, I felt like yeah. we might be going off the rails in the last 48 <laughs> hours or so with some issues potentially with Canadian uh, provincial health regulations. But we get news on a Friday evening that the NHL and NHLPA are in the process of finalizing details for the 2020-21 season and a 56-game schedule that will indeed, in theory, start January 13th. Are you surprised that we got to this point so quickly after it looked like things might be going awry, especially with the potential for Canadian teams to be uh, in trouble with health regulations there? Yeah, I am. I, if I, I did a podcast like two hours ago that I wish I could get <laughs> off the planet right now because uh, because the whole podcast is me panicky that uh, how are they going to get this done? Um, but you're right. I mean, when that news came out and you, and you see that they couldn't, that there was a potential of this all Canadian division blowing up and the, and the Canadian teams coming down to the United States. And then you do the math and you're like, how are they going to get, how are they going to house 150 players plus staff and management and coaches in the United States? Who's paying for it? How are they paying for it? It just, it made, it, it just seemed like it was absolutely impossible. And now, you're right. I mean, even though it, it, apparently that has not been rectified, it, it, they definitely have hit a 56-game schedule tentative agreement here. Um, according to reports out there, I think Dreger and, and Pierre LeBrun just tweeted that the Board of Governors are going to uh, uh, talk about this reached agreement Sunday and Monday for a vote. The players are talking about it now, and it certainly feels like we're about to have uh, some actual protocols and agreement. And uh, you and I might be comboing another story here in the next little bit about what this next season might look like. <laughs> well, and certainly Pierre uh, also tweeting out that the understanding is that it, it, even though the issues or, or whatever uh, differences of opinion there might have been with the five different provincial health regulations uh, that that expects to to be wrapped up or to be resolved uh, by the beginning of the week, which of course leads to, uh, as you mentioned, Mike, the uh, potential vote uh, by the Board of Governors and the, the NHLPA. You know, one of the interesting things, and I know you've been all over this because, of course, being in Minnesota and covering the wild, what exactly the divisional alignment will look like. And if we assume the Canadian division, the seven teams in Canada will be a separate entity given the border closure between Canada and the United States and three eight-team divisions in the United States, more or less grouped geographically, some tinkering going on. And you have some news about what may happen with the Western Division and what we're calling the Central Division. And it involves your Minnesota Wild. Yeah, my uh, selfish campaigning for the last two months has paid <laughs> off. And, uh, you know, hopefully if I'm allowed to travel this season, I'll be going west. Uh, but that is what uh, I have confirmed through uh, multiple NHL sources is that the Wild and the Blues will go to that quote-unquote new Pacific and uh, division, and the Dallas Stars will actually be coming to the Central. And from there, uh, you know, we, we pretty much know the other teams, Florida, Tampa, uh, Carolina, Chicago. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Detroit, Nashville, and we think Carolina, and then the other United States uh, Northeastern teams, uh, uh, you know, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, all those teams will be in the uh, in the 
what you, whatever you want to call that, the East Division. Um, and it's going to be interesting how they do this this traveling here. I mean, now obviously that it looks like they're going to start in 31 home buildings or at least try. That's what they're working out with Canada, and they're going to have to figure out all the protocols with California. Um, you know, there's going to be road trips, and now that uh, adds increased risk uh, to exposure to the virus. Um, it leads to potential schedule changes, cancellations. It'll be interesting, Scott, how they do this schedule. Uh, I've got to think that they're going to try to, like homestands, almost bang out a couple road games in the same city uh, multiple times during the season. Yeah, there's no question that they, at least the tentative plan now is to move to a, we always use the baseball uh, model, you know, whether it's two games in three nights or, you know, the math works out because especially with the three American divisions, if you play 56 games, you're playing each of your seven opponents eight times. That makes sense uh, for home, for away. So if you are Minnesota, for instance, and you're on a Western trip, do you play the Ducks twice, the Kings twice, the Sharks twice? Um, Or do you even do more than that? Maybe you play all four against one team over the course of a week. I'm not sure how it'll work out, but it'll definitely be more concentrated tra- travel than we've seen in the past. Um, and that's in, a, in, in an effort to at least try and mitigate the potential spread of the COVID-19 virus. And uh, we know from Major League Baseball that, you know, after they got through some early uh, missteps with their schedule, that they established protocols with teams staying in the same hotels, eating in the same restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I know the NHL is looking at those kinds of protocols, the rules that they will put into effect when teams do go on the road to try and keep things under control. But what's your sense of optimism, though, Mike? And we've seen incredible spikes on both sides of the border, um, unprecedented death tolls, uh, all the all the things that we see every night in the news. Um, the NHL builds in some cushion at the end of the regular season to play games that may have to be postponed. Um, but what's your sense of optimism that we're going to be able to see most teams at least start this season on January 13th in their own buildings? Well, I think the players are, are definitely, you know, smart enough to, to you know, be protected. But as we know, with this virus, uh, you just don't even know. There's no rhyme or reason sometimes on how you get it. And and once you put it into this environment, it, it could spread very, very easily. It's obviously a very contagious uh contagious uh, virus. Um, You know, I'm optimistic that they're going to be able to do it. I'm sure that there's going to be hiccups along the way. And, you know, I think that's the biggest, uh, biggest fear with this is, is how does the league handle what are going to be those obvious uh, exposures? There's going to be exposures. Now, obviously, they're building into this, this taxi squad, Scott, that's going to have four to six players. Um, Pierre Lebrun put on our Slack channel. I don't know if he's tweeted it yet, but, um, but that, uh, that players that do require waivers, it will be just like the minors. So if you go to that taxi squad and you require waivers, you'll have to go through waivers to get there. But you know, how many players need to be essentially exposed to this virus before all of a sudden the team says you can't play anymore? That's those are the type of protocol the league says that the team can't play anymore. Those are the type of protocols that I can't wait to see from this agreement that you and I are probably gonna have to dissect really quickly if we're going to write this. Um, but to me, that's going to be the obvious fear for this season is that eventually, just like college hockey, college basketball, there's got to be a certain percentage uh, that all of a sudden you might have to stop things. 
uh, okay, let's let, let's hypothesize a little bit that we do in fact get to hockey mm-hmm. on January thirteenth. We know that training camp. We're looking at uh, for the seven teams that didn't make the uh, the uh, playoffs uh, getting an early start. I believe it's uh, December thirty first. Um, no preseason games, and uh, I can't speak for you, Mike, but thank goodness uh, <laughs> there's nothing worse in the world than an NHL preseason game. Um, but with 56 games, assuming the games are going to be played within your division, what do you think, what kind of factors go into you know, a team like the Minnesota Wild mm-hmm. or maybe teams that have lower expectations? Do you think a 56-game schedule, no preseason games, playing in the division, are we going to see some surprises, especially early on, do you think? I think so. I wish actually I looked back at that lockout year to look at at how it affected things. Now, obviously, that was a forty eight game schedule, Scott. But but you're right. I mean, you get off to a bad start or a great start in this type of schedule, and it can make or break your season. And you know, the other thing that is going to be really interesting if there are going to be a lot of back to backs or these you know baseball style type homestands is how do how do teams rotate the goaltenders? You're going to need two this year. You might even need three. Um, you got to think that every team's going to carry a third goalie on the taxi squad. And that, to me, is one of those things that I think is going to be a big-time factor. Obviously, injuries and, and things like that, the illness, if if if, if uh, players do get the virus. But it is going to be, you know, that might be a really interesting sort of analytical look is to kind of compare what, what the 48-game schedule during that lockout year, um, what happened during that year that, that, uh, that, you know, if you got off to a bad start, did it pretty much bury you? Yeah. All I know is uh, after the 2012 lockout and, and and the season began in early 2013, the Chicago Blackhawks tore out of the gate yep. uh, and really never looked back, you know, ultimately knocking off Boston in a, in a dramatic uh, game six final. So uh, I'm sure, you know, maybe there's a factor for veteran teams or teams that have experience, you know, being able to. Uh, role with the uncertainty of a shortened schedule and and all that comes, um, you know, with what we're expecting uh, with this 2021 season. Uh, I thought the same thing might uh, might be the case in the uh, in the play in uh, final and the, mm-hmm. or the playoffs in the, in the summer and didn't really turn out that way with Dallas and Tampa going to the final. So um, we'll have to see. You got, okay, an early pick. You got an early. Uh, tell me an early team you're looking forward to seeing in uh, starting on January 13th. Well, I am looking forward to seeing Minnesota, of course. Uh, although I'll never get to see these players probably face to face for another year, which I'm sure they're really excited <laughs> about. But you know what I'm, I'm I am interested to see is how do, how does a team like Tampa? This is this has been interesting. I mean, they still are not cap compliant. Uh, how's 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 Riesbois going to get out of this? Um, what's he got up his sleeve? Now, now, now it's the nitty gritty. You know, it's 26, 28 ga- days to opening night, maybe even a little less. And uh, he's going to have to get cap compliant pretty soon here. And I don't know if he's got a rabbit in his hat. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. How does Boston react to these uh, major injuries that they have coming into this year? Um, you know, how do teams like the New York Rangers now, all of a sudden, they're a young up and coming team with with a lot of uh, uh, firepower, great goaltending. How do they respond? Those are the type of things that I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, well, here's to uh, seeing it happen and happening sooner than later. Yeah. But uh, Mike Russo, thanks for hanging out and thanks for joining our breaking news coverage. Go to The Athletics' new headline section for much more on this story. 
To get access to all of The Athletic's great sports content, visit theathletic.com slash headline pod, where you can buy a one-year subscription for yourself and get a free one-year subscription to give to a friend. You should do that right away. Anyway, thanks, Mike. That was a ton of fun. Yeah, anytime, Scott.